welcome to Chills, a podcast where we talk about the paranormal, true crime, and our own personal paranormal stories. I'm your host, Preston Porras. And I'm Nina Cardona. In honor of Hispanic Heritage Month, we will be covering two paranormal stories from Mexico. It's finally October, so get your Halloween merch while you still can. You can find it at chillspodcastnp.store. The link will also be available down below in the description in today's episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Chills. I will be covering three stories that all have to do with the Panteón de Belén, which translates to the Cemetery of Belén. This cemetery is home to several urban legends and paranormal activity. This cemetery is located in Guadalajara, Mexico. The cemetery was built after several famines and epidemics hit Mexico in 1793. The land used for the Betlemitas Hospital Orchids was given up to build the cemetery, which is how it got its name, Panteón de Belén. The cemetery was split into two sections, a common area and a section for the wealthy. Until 1957, this is actually where they kept the most important figures in the city's history. We will start with the most famous story and the tomb that receives the most visits. That is the tomb of Ignacio Torres Altamirano, also known as Nachito. He was only a child, five years old, when he died in 1882. I read two different versions, the first being he had a disease which didn't allow him to go into the light, so he was sensitive to sunlight. But he was also deathly afraid of the dark. Every night his parents would light lanterns for him when he would sleep. It is said that the lights went out one night. He was so afraid that he had a heart attack and died. His mother found him the next day. The second version is that he was just deathly afraid of the dark. He had to have candles or a lantern burning at night in order to help him sleep. One night, his parents decided they would help him get over his fear of the dark, so they didn't light any candles or lanterns. He was screaming and crying all night, but his parents didn't go in and check on him. Again, they wanted him to stop being afraid of the dark. After a while, his cries and screams stopped. His parents thought he had finally fallen asleep. It wasn't until the next morning they found him dead. His parents decided to bury him in the Panteón de Belén. On the first night that he was buried, his coffin was found outside the grave. The workers had thought that his tomb was desecrated, so they buried it again. The next day, to their surprise, they found his coffin outside the grave. It happened for several days until his parents decided to build him a mausoleum, with his coffin being exposed along with four torches illuminating the night. They believed that he was so afraid of the dark that it somehow followed him into the afterlife. After his arrangements, his coffin was no longer found outside his grave. Some people have claimed to have witnessed Nachito. It is common for people who go and visit to leave him a toy on his grave. The graveyard workers have also explained how when they arrive in the mornings, they have to pick up all of Nachito's toys because they find them all scattered around the cemetery. They will even find his toys on the grave of other children. 
as if he's sharing his toys and playing with them in the afterlife. I honestly think that's so cute. It is also said that if you were to take one of his toys, he will follow you home and you will encounter some strange things. So it is best to be respectful. The next urban legend is of El Vampiro del Panteón de Belén. There is a huge tree in the cemetery and it is known as the vampire's tree. El Árbol del Vampiro. It is said that in the 18th century, there was a string of dead bodies that ended up in the streets of Guadalajara. Every night, these bodies were found with puncture wounds on their neck and their blood drained from their bodies. Rumors started to spread about a vampire living in Guadalajara. The people of this town lived in fear. When the sun would set, all of the townspeople would go inside their house. And when the sun would rise, that's when they were able to leave their house again. This is when they noticed a man who would only go out at night. He was a very antisocial man, kept to himself. He was described as always being very well dressed, long hair, pale skin, and long nails. Sounds like a vampire. Exactly. The people of Guadalajara came together and went after him. They tied him up and brought him to the cemetery, put him in an empty grave, and started shooting at him. There was so much gunfire that the night looked like it turned into day. Surprisingly, he didn't die. They knew there was only two ways to kill a vampire, sunlight and a wooden stake through the heart. There was no way they would be able to keep him there tied up all night until the sun came up because he was just too strong. So they went for the second option. They went out and found a tree branch, brought it back to the cemetery and sharpened it. They brought the wooden stake up to the vampire's chest and with the rock in their hand, they planned to nail it into his heart. Before the first strike, the vampire says, You fools, the only thing that will come from killing me is that my revenge will be even greater. The townspeople pay no attention and they strike the rock and hit the wooden stake against his chest. Blood comes out of his wound, mouth, and nose. He proceeds to say, I swear, that by this blood that I am shedding, you will pay with your blood and with your children's blood. I swear to take revenge on all of you and on your children until no one is left. They strike the wooden stake further into his chest and he is finally dead. They cover him up with dirt and see that the wooden stake is sticking out from the dirt. They grab a cement stone from the cemetery and lay it on top of him. The stone is so heavy that it drives the wooden stake through his body and touches the dirt underneath. Some time passes and they notice that a tree starts to grow on top of where the vampire is buried. It is said that from the wooden stake they drove through his chest outgrew a tree. I couldn't find the exact measurements of this tree, but I did find photos of it, which we will have on our Instagram, at chillspodcastnp. In the picture, you will see a normal tree next to it, and this tree is like 10 times its size. The trunk alone is just very wide. Every time they tried to cut the tree down, it would mysteriously bleed. They fear that if the tree was to fall or if someone was to chop it down or remove this tree, that is when the vampire would take his revenge. Because of this, they built a fence surrounding the tree protecting it. The next legend is about a woman named Victoriana Hurtado. She was born in 1833 and suffered from catalepsy since she was a child. Catalepsy is a medical condition characterized by a trance or seizures with the loss of sensation and consciousness accompanied by 
rigidity of the body. Her children, Octaviano, Alejandro, and Javier took advantage of their mom's illness and had her buried alive. They were after her fortune, however it turns out she had left all her money to charity. The day of the burial, the watchman heard cries coming from Victoriana's tomb. When he went to inspect it, it turns out that Victoriana tried to leave the tomb but wasn't successful. This is when they found out that her children had buried her alive. He saw her hand covered in blood as if she was trying to claw her way out. It turns out she suffered from a heart attack and passed away. This cemetery is a very popular tourist attraction. Nighttime tours are given on weekends, and I think we should go. Absolutely. I want to see, yeah, I want to see that too. We're actually going to Guadalajara in the beginning of November to go get my wedding dress. So let us know if you want us to visit and maybe film the whole thing. I think that'd be really cool. One of the most common things people sometimes say they're afraid of is dolls. I know that's me. There was a doll in my grandmother's house in Oklahoma that creeped out generations of us. My dad was scared of it. I was scared of it. Little nephews and grandkids were scared of it. It's a life-size doll that my aunt received as a birthday gift uh, when wait. she was a little girl. Life-size yeah, doll? it was life-size. It was like a... Uh, I'd say it's like three and a half, almost four feet tall. It was, Ew. It was pretty big. You, I know you told me about this doll, but I thought it was like a little like porcelain doll that you get no, for your it could sit quince. in the chair and like a like a, a human chair that doesn't make sense. It could sit in the chair that you and I sit in. That's weird. Oh, also, I was gonna say the Panteon de Belen. I totally forgot to mention this, but people will take their like quinceanera pictures there and their like wedding pictures just saying that'd be really cool i think so right like morbid but cool i don't know sorry go on it was a life-size doll that my aunt received as a birthday gift when she was a little girl the way it stared was so unsettling its eyes were huge and at some point someone had ripped out some of the hair on top so the remaining hair looked like short little spikes and you can see all the holes where the original hair used to be. It looked kind of like Babyface from Toy Story. Ew. That little mechanical yeah. spider with the doll head stuck on top. That one always scared me when I was little. Mm -mm. The eyes didn't blink anymore, so the eyelids were stuck open. It just stared at you whenever you went into the back room where it was kept. It was weird. And a lot of us have seen the doll move on its own. My brother Paxton and I used to play in the back room, and for some reason, my grandmother always kept the closet door open so the dog could see. I remember when we were back there one day, my brother's back was to the closet, and I remember looking up, and I could have sworn the left arm of the doll raised up. I was like 9 or 10 at the time, so I bolted out of that room, left Paxton behind and everything. <laughs> oh, poor Paxton, how old was he? If I was 9 or 10, he would have been 6. He was never really scared of it as the rest of us. Which is why I guess he was the one to eventually punch the doll and knock its head off. Oh my god, that's violent. That doll was scary. Which is why I can't imagine visiting a certain small island in Mexico. We'll start at the beginning. Around 50 years ago, a man by the name of Don Julian Santana Barrea was the caretaker of a small Aztec-made island south of Mexico City named Xochimilco. The island was a part of a larger group of islands that the Aztecs built for agriculture and navigation. I think it should also be noted that the Aztec people would hold their sacrificial rituals at a nearby temple that was near the canals. 
Some people think there's a spiritual connection between the temple and the canals. Anyways, Don Julian would travel from Mexico City and head down the canals that eventually led to the island. He'd make sure it was kept up and then head back. One day, after eventually moving to the island, Don Julian noticed something floating in the canal surrounding the island. He went to check it out and came upon the floating body of a girl who had drowned. He felt horrible. He decided that he would find a way to honor the lost soul of the girl. He turned back to his home on the island, and a few days later he noticed something else floating. He got into his small boat and once again went out to see what it was. This time it was a small doll. He picked it up out of the water and instantly knew it had belonged to the little girl he had found just a few days before. Don Julian thought this was the perfect way to honor the little girl and appease her spirit. He would return home and hang the doll from one of the many trees on the island. Shortly after hanging the doll up, Don Julian began to feel uneasy on the island, like something was watching him or following him. He considered it might be the little girl's spirit, so he decided to hang more dolls up in order to make her happy. He would eventually find more dolls floating down the canals right to his house, and even began heading into town to search through trash or trade produce for the dolls. Eventually, the island wound up with over 2,200 dolls. Today, it's known as La Isla de Muñecas, or Islands of the Dolls. Not all of them are in good shape. Some dolls are cracked, some are headless, some are dismembered and driven into trees with nails. The dolls that have their heads are twisted backwards like the exorcists. There's even just doll heads hanging from the trees with eyes missing. Have you ever been to a haunted house or seen a horror movie where people have to walk through some narrow walkway and there's body bags hanging from the ceiling and they have to push them out of the way? What are you describing? That's literally the haunted house I went through when I was 15 and I'm traumatized and I will never go to a haunted house ever again because I didn't know there was an emergency exit and literally, oh my god, yes, I, I went through that. That's sort of what the island looks like today. You have to make your way through some of the headless, dismembered dolls to get to the main area. Locals of Mexico City began to notice what Don Julian was doing. They thought he was weird or disturbed. Some of the locals even say the story of the drowned girl is completely made up, that there was never anybody floating in the canals. Still, people would attempt to visit the island and see all the dolls Don Julian had collected. To make it to the island, you have to travel by boat, down winding canals with water that looks like alligators live in there and dead trees all around. There's been stories of people feeling something as they get closer to the island. Some people claim the dolls watch them as they ride by. There's even one man who drove a boat by the island and claimed to become possessed for multiple days after making eye contact with one of the hanging dolls. Some people refuse to visit the island because of all the bad energy surrounding the place. Close friends of Don Julian's began to worry for their friend. Don Julian had left his wife and young child to live alone in isolation on the island. People who interacted with him were concerned that Don Julian had become possessed by the spirit of the little girl that he had claimed to find. Either that, or he was collecting the dolls to protect himself from a negative spirit that had lived on the island. For over 50 years, Don Julian added dolls to the island when suddenly, in 2001, he stopped. 
Don Julian's nephew went out to the island to help his uncle plant pumpkins. He met his uncle and went into the garden to begin planting. When it was eventually time to head back, the nephew, named Anastasio, couldn't find his uncle. After wandering around the island, Anastasio found his uncle dead, floating in the canal, exactly where the little girl had been around 50 years before. Some people think the spirits and demons surrounding the dolls got to Don Julian and were able to kill him. Anastasio decided to move to the island to keep the memory of his uncle alive. But upon spending a few days there, he began to notice weird things happening around him. Anastasio would go on to describe that sometimes the dolls would move their heads and whisper to each other. He also says that sometimes at night, you can hear a little girl crying near where the bodies were found. Shortly after, you can also hear the cane Don Julian used to walk with. One of the spots on the island that people say is the most haunted is a shack that Don Julian built as a shrine to his favorite dolls he found. If you go inside the shack, there's hundreds of dolls, some that have actually become homes for spiders. Lining the walls, in the middle is the actual doll that Don Julian found floating in the water where he saw the little girl's body. Today, people describe Don Julian as a nice, welcoming guy. Also, side note, as I was typing out my notes, I typed the last sentence as, Don Julian was a nice and welcoming doll. And that would be crazy, right? Like, that would be something you see in a movie. He never actually existed. He was a doll this whole time. Or he got turned into a doll. Or his soul is in a doll. He was a really nice guy, though. He would allow visitors and tourists to the island so that they could see the dolls for themselves. The locals still wonder what really happened that led to his mysterious death. Did he die of old age? Or like I said before, were the spirits and the dolls able to get to him? As part of my research on this place, I watched a couple of videos and saw some interesting things. In an episode of Expedition X on Discovery Plus, one of the hosts, Jessica Chobot, visiting the island experienced something in the shack with all of Don Julian's favorite dolls. The guide was showing her the original doll that Don Julian had found. In a matter of seconds, Jessica said that she suddenly felt extremely sad and cold. She started crying on the spot and had to get out of the shack. At the exact same time she started crying, the camera filming the show completely shut down. When they turned the camera back on, all of the footage they had filmed inside the shack had been erased. They couldn't get it back. It's like they never filmed a thing. The last thing the camera caught was Jessica walking into the shack. We should have done like a live stream. That would have been, that, yeah, that's a good idea. We should go do that. Later on in the episode, Jessica returns to the shack and tries to stay there alone since she's the only one who felt the sadness. While she's sitting in the shack, shadows walk across the wall behind her, and then a doll hanging above her head starts to move by itself. And as she's leaving the shack, one of the dolls near the door says, Mama. It started talking. I also watched an episode of Ghost Adventures. Zach Baggins and his crew had a decent amount of experiences on that island as well. In the same shed, the crew hears a doll start laughing as if it were warning them to turn away. Near the shed is a small wooden bridge, and later on in the night, one of their cameras catches something walking across the bridge away from the shed. Zach actually has encounters with one of the dolls nicknamed Harold the Haunted Doll. 
He picked up the doll, who has a broken arm, and immediately, three bruises show up on his arms. They eventually put a thermal camera facing the doll, and the camera starts to pick up a warm glow, like the doll's an actual living thing. All in all, I know I get a little nervous around so many dolls because of that one my brother KO'd in Oklahoma, but I think we should do a live episode from this place. I also watched the Ghost Adventures episode, and the amount of spiders, not just spiders, tarantulas on this island, I would never, ever step foot there. These aren't like normal spiders you see in your house. These things are like as big as crabs. No, these things are huge. huge. Yeah, and I have arachnophobia. There's no way I would even step foot on this island. Another thing that you didn't mention from the Ghost Adventures episode is that when they were filming, they passed by, like, I guess, where Don Julian where he does like little like I guess like uh, bonfires and um, so they pass by it and it's out but once they turn back the, the there's like a fire there and they're just like what the heck how did this fire start anyways that one was really creepy also I don't know if you're supposed to say the doll's name the one that you mentioned because I know there's certain dolls that if you do say their name something bad will happen to you so yeah I did watch that episode Too and late. whenever um Zach, whenever, yeah, he did pick up the, the doll and he got the bruises. Like, he was, he was like, legit freaked out and he showed the camera. And you could see. The thing is, the bruises he had on his arm literally looked like little, like, fingerprints. Like, if someone was to touch him. Like, if it was, like, the, the, the doll, the doll hand. That episode was really creepy. And I tried to do, I tried to do an episode of... La Isla de Muñecas, but whenever I ended up watching the episode, really weird stuff started happening to me. I was trying to do an episode on La Isla de Muñecas, and whenever I tried to like just research it and I watched the episode, I just felt really weird and I didn't feel like myself, and then really weird stuff started happening to me, like I felt someone sit on my bed and sit on my feet, and that's why I stopped, and yeah, I, I can't with this doll, and I would definitely not go to the island, I'm sorry you can go and it's also it takes a long time to get there by boat yeah oh shoot i'll i'll go you i want to see it you can go i don't sure. want to go i can't there's just some things that i will do and some things i won't and that is one of them that i won't do and that concludes this week's episode of chills join us next week for a true crime episode thanks for listening everyone we'll see you next monday